Well, good morning, church family. I know it's a little odd coming to you in this way, but this is what we've got today. So, uh, welcome to my back porch. Uh, we are in week two today of our Advent sermon series titled God With Us. Last week, Pastor Sid began this series talking to us about the fact that God is with us even in the valleys of life. And today, the main idea is that God is also with us in the wilderness. Now that may seem a little bit uh, like it is like last week in the valley, but it is a little bit different. And so let's dive into this today with talking about what a wilderness actually even is. If you look wilderness up in the dictionary, it would say something like an uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region. Okay, another definition reads this, the most intact undisturbed, wild, natural areas left on our planet. Those last truly wild places that humans do not control. Okay? Now, as recent as a century ago, most of our planet was covered by wilderness still. But today, only about 23% of land, excluding Antarctica, is free from human activities or considered wilderness. Now, we're not talking today about going out into these physical lands of wilderness in the world and God going with us. Of course He would, but we are talking more specifically about finding ourselves in a spiritual wilderness. That, that time that it's, it's uninhabited. We are isolated. It is inhospitable. We find ourselves uncomfortable. And it is a time where you seem to have no control over the circumstances. I think you probably know what I'm talking about if you've ever experienced wandering in one of those spiritual wildernesses. Our key passage for this sermon series is found in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 and it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And yes, church family, God is with us in the wilderness. You know, God's presence is a huge theme from cover to cover in Scripture. Um, and if I can real quickly kind of give you a short summary of where God's presence dwells with His people, I'll do that. God has always desired to dwell with His people, His creation. And in the beginning, God dwelt with Adam and Eve in the garden. Before sin entered the world, God walked with Adam in the garden. His presence was physically with Him because everything was perfect. But then sin entered the world and it broke that relationship with God. And eventually God chose for himself a people. And those people found themselves in slavery in Egypt. And he rescued them and he chose to dwell with his people in the tabernacle. That was a tent that was set up. They called it the tent of meeting where Moses could go and meet with God the way a friend meets with his friend. Pretty amazing. And eventually that temporary tabernacle was replaced with a more permanent temple and God's presence dwelt there in the Holy of Holies. But then in an awesome way, God decided to dwell with His people by sending the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, to earth to live as the God-man and dwell with people again here on earth. We learned this word last week in Sydney's sermon. It was called incarnation, that God became flesh. He became a baby. Nothing fancy, nothing big, just a child. And God humbly became man, giving up his rights to divinity. Didn't give up his powers of divinity, but gave up his rights of divinity because he humbled himself to become a child and God dwell with people 
again here on earth. But now God dwells in our hearts. He has sent His Holy Spirit. And ultimately, God will dwell with His people in the new heavens and new earth, restoring that relationship back to the way it was in the Garden of Eden. In the book of John, chapter 1, probably one of the most important chapters in all the Bible, um, in verse 14, it says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt, you're going to love this, it literally means to tabernacle with. Yeah. God chose to come and set up His tent in the person of Jesus, tabernacling with His people, dwelling with His people here on earth. And that word tabernacle, of course, makes us think back to the Old Testament, that tabernacle that was set up in the wilderness so God could dwell with His people, that place where God dwelled with them for 40 years while they wandered before entering the Promised Land. And in the wilderness, it was, it was that place where the only way the Israelites could survive was to learn to trust in, to rely on, to depend upon the one and only true God. Forty years the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. Forty years. Now, let me say, wandering in the wilderness is not like walking through a valley. Okay, there's not going from point A to point B and then you're done. Wandering in the wilderness, have you ever been lost in the woods? where you can't tell which way to go. You think, if I start to walk too far that way, I might be going deeper into the woods. You, you're kind of delirious. You're not sure which way to turn. These people wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And in the wilderness, through His Word, God provided for their direction. Remember, He would move in front of them in the cloud. He provided for them protection. He wiped out other people groups so that they could continue to move in His direction. He provided for them food and manna, drink and water coming out of a rock. As bad as it was, wandering around in a wilderness that is uncomfortable and it is lonely because they're isolated and they have no control of the circumstances, God was with them and God took care of them. Church family, have you ever found yourselves wandering in a spiritual wilderness? It might have been a time where it seemed like your marriage was in a type of spiritual wilderness where you had no control, it's uncomfortable, you were isolated. It just seemed like nothing was working no matter what you did. Oftentimes we make some of our worst decisions when we're in the wilderness. The people of God, every time He would rescue them, then they would forget. They would grumble and complain. They fashioned for themselves other gods and worshiped them instead of the one true God who had rescued them. They made some of their worst decisions while in the wilderness. But God was continuing to be with them. You might find yourself in a wilderness of not knowing how to handle finances and, and just going down this, this pit that just keeps spiraling deeper and deeper and you don't know how to get out. You find yourself in this wilderness, this spiritual wilderness of financial instability, no, no way to control the circumstances, feeling isolated because you're embarrassed to talk about it, uncomfortable because it's uninhabited, uncultivated, inhospitable. These spiritual wildernesses are a really tough place to be, but God wants us to know that He is with us. Sometimes the spiritual wilderness for us is even in our relationship with God, we feel like He is far away. We feel like we're just wandering with no direction. We said a few weeks ago that when we have no direction, it's one of the worst places to be in. You know that people without vision, without direction, without purpose, they perish. And sometimes it feels like that we're just wandering around with no direction, nowhere to go. We can't see Him feel like He's left us, but He hasn't. He's with us. It's just maybe we've wandered away from Him and His ways. You know, what's really interesting 
or maybe even paradoxical, is that times of wandering in the wilderness often follow times of these mountaintop spiritual experiences with God, don't they? I mean, think about the people of Israel. They were rescued from slavery, hundreds of years of slavery, by incredible miracles that God did, walked across the Red Sea on dry ground, and then they entered into this place of wandering in the wilderness because they could not trust God. They could not depend on God. They didn't believe that He could um, give them this promised land and wipe out the nations that were already there. They didn't trust. They were afraid. They were scared. And so instead, He sent them into wandering in the wilderness. There was another man who once experienced a time in the wilderness right after a literal mountaintop spiritual experience with God. The prophet Elijah was at the top of Mount Carmel and actually won this battle against the prophets of Baal, proving that God was the only true God. God shot fire from the sky to wipe out a sacrifice and licked up all the water around it even just to prove that he was the one with the power. Elijah won the battle. But then that king, King Ahab at the time, went home and told Jezebel. And Jezebel said, you know what? Jezebel was a worshiper of Baal. She's mad. She, tells, she sends a letter to Elijah and says, tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, you're dead. Okay? And Elijah, prophet of God, just experienced God's incredible power. For some reason, he gets this letter and he is afraid for his life from Jezebel. And Elijah flees to the wilderness. I want to read you this story picking up where Elijah finds himself there. He's scared for his life. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, look at what it says in verse 9. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And then we're going to pick it up in verse 11. He says, And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but... The Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, and behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? God did not show up in the wilderness in wind or earthquake or fire, but, but in a gentle, low whisper. The word of the Lord called Elijah by name to let him know he was not alone. God was with him in the wilderness. And now, church family, the word has become flesh quietly, like a whisper in the middle of the night, with no one else around, the Word became flesh as a baby boy. Nothing but cows and goats and sheep were witnesses there with Joseph and Mary. Some lowly shepherds came. They were the first ones invited to that birthday party. His name was Emmanuel. God is with us. His name was Jesus because He would save His people from their sins. Later on, as Jesus grew up and he was a man and went into his short time in ministry, he would tell the people, if you will abide, if you will dwell, if you will tabernacle in my word, I will abide, dwell, and tabernacle with you. I will remain forever with you. When John the Baptist 
uh, showed up on the scene. Uh, the Jews sent some, some priests and some Levites to him to say, Who are you? Why are you preaching like this? What are you talking about? This message of yours about repent and be baptized because this other guy is coming. Who are you? Are you the Messiah? And he says, No. Are you the prophet? He says, No. Are you Elijah? He says, No. But he, what does he do? He quotes from Isaiah chapter 40. Let me read to you what John the Baptist said when they asked who he is. He said, I am the guy from the wilderness. I am the guy in Isaiah 40, which says, A voice cries. In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill will be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, for all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He says, My... My job is to make straight the path of the Lord. Isaiah said that the mountains will be brought low and the valleys will be brought high. Why? To make the path straight, that it will no more be rocky. It will be a clear and straight path. Why? So that everyone can see that the Savior of the world has come. He has come to be with us. Emmanuel. Sinners who are wandering around in the wilderness of sin and death. Jesus has come to lead us to the promised land of eternal life with Him. Amen? Church family, today, if you find yourself alone, isolated, uncomfortable, in a wilderness, unable to control the situation and the circumstances that are going on in your life, I want you to know that God is with you. He is, he is waiting for you to just turn your eyes back toward Him so He can show you the path, the direction, His way, so He can protect you, so He can provide for you, so that He can remove you from the situation that you are in and put you on solid ground with Him. Trust Him. Rely on Him. Depend upon Him. Can we pray? Father, you are a good and giving and protecting and loving Father. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you are with us on those mountaintop experiences that we get to have from time to time. But thank you, God, even more so that you are with us when we find ourselves alone, out of control, in the wilderness. Father, when we find ourselves there, would you call us by name? Would you whisper our name so that we will know we're not alone? So that we will know that God is with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus, the Savior of the world. Amen.